We're rolling. Yeah, do you, uh, I don't actually don't have any. Hit. Um, so basically, you're going to be uh, having a conversation with us, just like you normally would. Here, she can. Except with a microphone. See, just see if you like those better. I can. Sometimes I'm no pro. I can do it without it, headphones. It's hard to do. It's hard to do them sometimes because sometimes you get self-conscious and you're like, oh, I can hear my voice. Um, but sometimes I like it personally. Um, you like to hear the sound of your own voice. I'd like to hear the sound of my own voice. <laughs> I, that's I, because I'm what you call a narcissist. I am what you call a narcissist, <laughs> and um, that's why I have a podcast. <laughs> I see. All together now. I have the best opinions, and you should take note of them. <laughs> and the best, most... The whole world deserves to know. Exactly. The most mellifluous sounding voice. <laughs> okay, I'm just trying to get some levels here. So, um, and like closeness? Yeah. And Try to keep, you know, as close to your face as possible. You're like right up... You're right I up there. I have a bad problem. He likes to it. rock the mic. He likes I, to I rock, rock the it really mic. hard. Yeah. 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 Tom, Tom, and Tanya, they hold it bad right here. I'm right here. Yeah, you. At all times. Kissing it. I'm right up in it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I take all my um, mic handling um, skills or whatever from early '90s rock musicians like Eddie Vedder. Eddie Vedder. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I touched him once. Did you really? Yeah. Interesting. Touched the hem of his garment. <laughs> Exactly. He does look a lot like Jesus. <laughs> he was at one point in time a Jesus-like figure for me. In yeah. My, in high school. Say more about. Yeah, I that. think you're not. Yeah. I loved Pearl Jam, man. I love PJ. I was a huge Pearl Jam fan. You remember Wes that we used to work with? Yeah. He told me a story one time that that he and his buddies drove to Nebraska. Oh yeah, dude. To watch Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam fans are like that. They're like deadheads in a lot of ways. They'll drive long distances. I had two buddies from high school who drove all the way to Florida from New Mexico to see them one time. <laughs> that's that's yeah. pretty crazy. People love uh, Pearl Jam. But so it, what about Eddie Vedder? Are you, you know? I don't know. I, I feel like now he's kind of more of a, a sort of rock the vote, sort of liberal type, you know, like, I mean, as a musician, I don't like him as much as I used to, but hey, I... No. Just own it if you do, man. <laughs> no, I, I really did. I stopped listening to them after Yield. That was the last album that I really like and en- remember enjoying. Um, but I still like had several of their like DVDs. You remember like back in the day? Yeah. Like live music DVDs, mm-hmm. like live show mm-hmm. DVDs were big. Yeah. Oh, they, they! I bet they had like seven of them. They oh, struck me as a yeah. band that had like a ton of those. They had a fuckload of bootleg um, albums. You remember like they did the kind of. I think Dave Matthews Band did this as well. They would release like a hundred bootleg albums, you know. And so, what does it mean for a band to release their own bootlegs? Does that mean they have people like <laughs> hanging out behind the sound <laughs> area, like recording? That's recording it on an eight track. What does that mean? That's a good. Question. That's just scabby <laughs> to me, in my opinion. It's like, yeah, let's let the actual bootleggers yeah, have some. Let's yeah, get in on hobby. this. This is like people are really into bootlegging. That and is a good point, it's Mary. Not cool. <laughs> we're gonna get, we're gonna just control our black market releases too. <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah, crowding out the the hard workers, right? In the bottom rungs, right? Yeah, no. In all, all ob- obviously, all those bootlegs sound the same. Like they're all the same concert. Oh, have I got a little story for you? When I was in college, and I, especially in this age I, I hesitate to even acknowledge this uh deficiency in my character but i was in fraternity and one thing that we did that 
which was a really dumb thing, and I'm not blushing now that it's coming out of my mouth, but we would turn on Pearl Jam's Live. Oh, yeah. And then and then <laughs> everybody would, like, you'd take turns crowd surfing with all yeah. your bros. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and I had this very <laughs> bad response basement. because <laughs> I was dropped <laughs> on at least two or three occasions. Oh, <laughs> just yeah. like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's a... So that's a that's like a hazing ritual in some France. Well, put on fr- a live or like Pearl Jam. the worst <laughs> form Pearl Jam live five yeah. times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it was like that. <laughs> Sometimes it do be like that. Oh, that's good. That's really funny. Um, wow. Well, so uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Um, here we are. It's uh, October second. Um, uh, did y'all see that? And this is kind of topical for today's discussion, but did y'all see that Donald Trump Jr. was in East Kentucky over the weekend? He was in Inez, or at least I saw a picture of him in some kind of raptor of some <laughs> sort. I don't know. <laughs> some bird of prey. So uh, he was, like, holding one? Yeah. Oh, fascinating. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's all I know. I heard he was elk hunting. He like, was. Oh. Maybe having a, a raptor of some sort would be good if you were, like, hunting rabbits or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm not sure that works in elk hunting. What was that about? I don't know. Tanya said it's because he won the lottery. There's like, a, I guess there's a lottery to like get a license to it's hunt elk. It's huge. It's huge. Oh, okay. When I lived in Arkansas, this guy, Jimmy Turner, I'll never forget him. But he, when he found out I was from Kentucky, he would be like, man, <laughs> you got any inroads on that lottery? Right and I was People's like, lottery? Strings. He's like, the elk lottery. I've been dying for an elk tag for 15 years and never got one out Damn. there. Wow. So they're highly coveted. So. Oh, I imagine there's so much corruption in that. Yes. I there's mean, come be. on. That's just a. Oh, yeah. yeah. Why, why, yeah. why is it so highly coveted? Or wait, 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 I guess. Are their population numbers like pretty scarce? Is it like, is that why it's really hard to get? Oh, no, they're everywhere. They really, they're invasive. They released them, I think, maybe in like 2000 or 99, somewhere around that. Uh, and they proliferate. <laughs> well, there's a... Yeah, you're right. I think they started using them for, like, mine reclamation, didn't they? They started, like, repopulating... I think it was just a PR stunt for, like, oh, look, we can take the top of this mountain <laughs> off, and, oh, you got elk. It's worth it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's true. Well, they would... I, I guess they would, like, sort of try to create the perfect habitat for them, because they would, like, spray fescue grass all over it, and then put elk on it. And, I mean, I can't imagine hitting one of those things in your car. Could you... Yeah, somebody hit one. Uh, when I first started working about 10 years ago, there was a Hummer elk collision yeah, in Pain Gap, and it tore that Hummer up. And it cut it the was... lady's leg off, I think. Oh, did it? Like, I, think she got I was on the way to work that, that day. They yeah. love Pain Gap, and they love making. They love that area. Yeah. I don't know why. It's like a, I've, I, the only elk I've seen in East Kentucky has been in making. It's been multiple times. Yeah, I don't know what, what about a 2,000-pound animal hitting your vehicle? It's not. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's not getting a deer, <laughs> 120-pound deer. Oh, yeah, yeah your, your car would absolutely destroy it. Wow. But they, they come uh, into Virginia, though, I will say. They, we've had scat, too, on the farm, so. Oh, yeah? I've never seen them, but. What's elk scat look like? Big pile. Big pile. Big pile. <laughs> <laughs> As we would have with a 2,000-pound animal, yeah, <laughs> right? I've always found it interesting that some of the the biggest animals just like eat grass and shit. Yeah, <laughs> like just like 
Right. Bears just like occasionally eat salmon, but mostly just like berries and like. Or, just, uh, yeah, you're right. They just eat like. Whatever they can scavenge <laughs> out of trash. Well, I guess that makes sense, but. Buffalo, uh, right? I think buffalo only graze. Mm-hmm. Or cows are pretty massive. Right. Yeah, and they just eat like. It's got to take a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Got to have a lot. It's funny that elk, like, this thing in Pineville they're doing about that elk viewing place. Yeah. Like, it's like they did this thing in the early 2000s. They're like, okay, we've got this invasive species that has no natural predators, and we have all these mountains that don't really exist anymore and have been blown all to shit. Elk viewing. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, it's just like... When they're talking about like the grid economy and all that stuff, it, that's what they're doing. It's just right. like these all these old grifters. Like, what do we have to work with here, and how can we just pair these yeah. things together? Because it's on a, they built that or they did that with abandoned mine lands money. It was specifically supposed to be a mine reclamation thing. What What does this mean? Do they have them pinned in in an area with like a platform or what? <laughs> what do you? They walk what? up on the platform, <laughs> you look down them. in the pit. <laughs> I have no idea. That's crazy. What in my mind they're always getting mixed up with moose. So if you can introduce elk here, could you introduce <clears throat> a moose? I think moose are just snow elk. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. I'm with Tom. Kinda, I'm with Tom. Right. I don't know, caribou, but that I'll sounds get caribou good. mixed uh-huh. up in that uh-huh. too. <laughs> I'm right. not good with my What do you it's call those, that species of like the whole deer family? Oh, um car- no, um Damn, why am I blanking on it? Why? I don't know. Because <laughs> uh, we don't know v- that? Venison. Venison? No. That's the kind of meat. <laughs> venison. <laughs> I guess like deer steaks or something. Yeah. <laughs> or deer jerky. Something like that. Fuck. All right. You're right. Sorry. The, the sickest I've ever been in my life, and I, Tanya's not here, but I'll, uh, Tanya made me some elk chili one time. Uh-huh. And I almost had to go to the hospital. <laughs> I have never been. I like had the worst food. Like, and I've eaten on many a salad bar that left me in dire straits. But Tanya's elk chili really almost sent me to my grave. You think I had a parasite or something? Probably. But I mean, I should have known better eating elk chili from fucking fucking Pine Creek. Oh shit! Shraw shraw. Right. Yeah. Um, Okay, so. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, today we're joined by Mary Cromer, who's an attorney with the Appalachian Citizens Law Center. Hi. Yeah, welcome to the show, Mary. We need Happy to be here. Blasting an applause track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Should we decl- disclose that you also work? I mean, do people know that, right? That we work together? Do they Is know that? Th- uh, we've been doxxed. We've been, we were doxxed last week, so... Um, I'm, I'm also by the Herald Leader, so it's really not not that big of a surprise. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you're my coworker. We'll say okay. that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just seems good to get that out there. Right. We've worked together on a number of things over the years. Going back all the way to 2013, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, I, I wouldn't have known. Yeah, half a decade we've got. My here. goodness. Well, next week is my 10-year anniversary at ACLC. Really? Which well, is crazy. That is crazy. I, Congratulations. That, I feel very adult when I say that. I can't right. imagine I ever thought I would stay in a job for 10 years. So Still seems untenable. You don't seem like a person that would have 10 years in somewhere. <laughs> Tom, <laughs> I meant that from a youthful perspective, not, not, not like you're yeah. just like this shy. Like, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Job hopping, can't hold a job down first. Your company. No, I, t- I took it that way. Company woman. 
Yeah, that's what I never expected. Right. So first you, you started um, probably right around the time Obama was elected then. Right, yeah. Wow. So in the, in the exactly. Bush era, technically. Exactly. Well, October 20, 2008. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, yeah, right, right as a transition, right before the market all went to hell. Right. Right, right, right. when mountaintop removal was huge. Right. Was, so you've yeah, seen a lot. Very different time. Oh, yeah. Totally different time. A lot of things have changed. And that's kind of the reason why we're talking about this today. So, um, so yeah, you are, what do you work on specifically at ACLC? Well, I ha I mo am spending most of my time on a couple of matters, I will call them, representing a couple of community groups. One, um, the concerned citizens of Estill County, and then the Martin County concerned citizens. Right. We but really branch out with the names. <laughs> you know, a, lot, a lot of concern out there at Eastern Kentucky. <laughs> a lot of concern, yeah. Right, right. But mostly your focus is on environmental issues. Right, um, right. And so, yeah, just sort of like setting it up, I think, you know, I've wanted to have you on for a while, um, mostly because I think your work is so fascinating because it, it kind of provides you like a sort of window into um, what extractive capitalism looks like, not while it's happening, but, you know, while it's sort of gotten everything it can out of a region and, and has left behind what we would call sort of legacy issues, correct? <laughs> like a bunch of... <laughs> yes, I, well, I mean, I would definitely say that's absolutely a a great description for Martin County. Right, right. So, yeah, so, yes, yeah, so setting so, that up, yeah. Martin County is a county, like, about an hour and a half north of here. Um, it has about a 40% poverty rate. Is that correct? It's about there, yeah. yeah. It's, like, got a astronomical unemployment rate, really bad health um, factors there, health issues. Um, it's the side of the, is it the Wolf Creek or Wolf Pen? yeah. Disaster of 2000? Right. Like the worst industrial spill. It was even... Slurry spill in right, it was American even, history. Right? right. On a sort of volume scale, it was bigger than the Exxon Valdez scale. Right. Spill. It was... The, it was right. It was significantly bigger. Like 25 million right. tons to 306 million tons, kind of. I mean, I'm, yeah. yeah. So much, much bigger as far as the amount of material spilled than Exxon Valdez. And it was the largest environmental disaster in the southeast until the bp horizon right disaster is that the gulf yeah yeah, yeah, okay. yeah yeah and so coal sludge basically what was spilled out is i guess they were holding it in a retention pond or something they, what what was it they were this was the byproduct essentially that they would washed off of coal and they yeah. were storing it so when they mine the coal they have to wash it to get it to a certain i guess purity level for about lack of a better description and in that process and you put in they put in some chemicals for the washing process but in that process you're you end up with like a slurry that is just the refuse right and they put that up in a big dam up on the <laughs> mountaintop they do they're, they're these dams are all over appalachia oh, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of them i was and they're yeah i was getting my hair cut scary. the other day and this guy was um the guy who cuts hair down here kevin he was like he was like, "Yeah, dude, there's a there's a big pond up on um, S Sand Lake, off of Sand Lake Holler up here. Um, uh, is this the one he says it's gu armed guards, twenty four hours on the clock? He well, he was telling me he was like, um, this this might be a different one. He was telling me like this one is bigger than Fish Pond Lake over here, mm. and I'd never even heard of it. And so I was like, okay, he might just be bullshitting me, you know, this just whatever. I got on Google Earth and looked it up." 
this is a massive retention pond just really? right over the 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 community right there in Sand Lake. If it was ever to, to break, that entire community would just be wow. Washed and away. is it slurry or yeah, it's slurry. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's like the so the the point is though is that those sites are all over they the place. Are. Just tucked up into the hills, and you just don't see them. Those and some of those strip sites too. Like I didn't realize this. Some of those strip sites are like the sizes of major cities. Yeah, but there are mountaintop removal sites that could fit Washington D.C. inside them. Yeah, right. And that's that's weird to think about. It is very incredible to think about. Right. Um. Well, and in Martin County, so what happened was it wasn't like the because they're usually earthen dams, so there is a concern about that. But in the it was built up on top of a mountain and there were underground mine voids below it. Right. And they hadn't left enough of a buffer between the slurry retention pond and those mine voids. And so eventually the weight just got to be too much and it just broke <laughs> oh through. <my> God. <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah. And it, well, and it went, it went out into two creeks. Right. And they say they, I've heard that like, if it all came out one place that, the force would have been so great that it would have caused loss of life, but they came out two in two creeks and it totally devastated those creeks and did a lot of property damage, but right. no one died. Well, and so those there's those sort of immediate impacts, but what you're dealing with now, you could say, is kind of an indirect cause of the slurry spill. Well, I mean, I guess not... I, the reason I say indirect is because um, it's sort of incapacitated the water system at the time or something and it was never fixed after that well it did incapacitate the water system and it more importantly or well for long term more importantly brought a lot of scrutiny on the water system uh -huh. so once they had to because it it all of that slurry went into the tug river and there was an intake there so they had to close down that intake and then come up with a you know, someplace immediate to run a line to get fresh water. Right. Um, and so they just went farther upstream to do that. But for some reason, at that point, the Division of Water started paying attention to what was going on with the water system and realized that, oh, the pumps are about to go down, the, you know, it's leaking really badly. It's just a dilapidated state of the water system was discovered at that point right right it, in Letcher County even when we had the children's diesel spills it put so much stress on our old system so I couldn't imagine oh yeah but that would have done to Martin County who I'm sure is probably in worse shape than even we were in absolutely yeah. it's probably so um well and so maybe maybe it's easiest to just jump we're lucky that we have a sort of news hook that something really crazy happened in Martin County last week it kind of got buried in all of the insanity of last week but there was a state of emergency declared, right? Was that last week or two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, the water board declared a state of emergency so that they could hopefully free up some federal grant funding that was supposed to be coming down the pipe pretty soon anyway, so that they could go ahead and buy some new pumps because they had not been able to pump water from the river consistently. The water, the, the system is fed by a pump at the Tug Fork right. River, and so that's the intake. So they hadn't been able to draw consistently from that intake for pretty much most of the summer, and then it had totally gone out. And so um, the it goes from the intake to the reservoir, and that's sort of a, supposed to be like a holding pond where the right. water settles, and then it goes from there into the water treatment plant. And so the reservoir was just down lower than anyone had ever seen it in memory. And so that was the... Um, 
the Herald Leader published pictures of how low the reservoir right. was, and that kind of got things moving. Right. To yeah. So, like, the basically, so just to sort of um, dial it out uh, yeah. just a little bit, what is going on in Martin County? Um, so, basically, you know, people don't have clean water there. Yeah, and I guess to to get to your, I didn't really completely answer your question about the slurry spill because there there is a relationship to them. I mean, basically, what's gone on in Martin County is it is, you know, it it is a a poor county in eastern Kentucky. It in the late seventies and early eighties. At some some of the in some of those years between the late seventies and early eighties, it was the highest coal producer in Kentucky. Right. It just got they mined the hell out of that county mainly in the early 80s so a lot of money was taken from the county some coal severance money came in the people who were in charge decided that well another thing happened which was as they were mining and we know this anecdotally but as they were mining people these all these communities have been relying on wells and groundwater right and then all of a sudden all of the groundwater is ruined and so the politicians decide, oh, we're going to use what little money, you know, we can, we'll scrape off and use, we'll build lines out. And so right. they went from serving 600 people to serving 3,500. But it's actually, it's actually more than that because of problems with the metering. Right. Um, but so they just expanded the system out, but they did it just on the cheap and, you know, they've never maintained it. And so over the years it has gotten worse and worse and worse to the point that now it loses 73.8% of the water that gets produced, gets lost through right. breaks in the lines. So it's just, and they've never put money. I mean, it's just years of neglect and, you know, politicians putting money into other, other things, never putting any money into maintaining the system. And it's just reached this sort of threshold point. Right. So when you say 73.8% water loss rate, what you're saying is that water comes <laughs> into the intake only 27% of the water that goes into that intake actually makes it out to right. the people. And so they're paying to treat that water. They're paying to pump that water. Right. Um, you know, Which, it's costing the system money to produce all of that water. And then, yeah. Right. And that 27% is incredibly burdened down by a lot of really bad chemicals, correct? Well, I, what they have... Um, historically had a problem with disinfection byproducts, uh -huh. which is a reaction that occurs when uh, water with a lot of organic matter in it is treated with chlorine. Mm -hmm. um, TTHMs? Yes. Yeah. Um, which are can be acquired through your skin, right? In the shower. It can, and yeah. And aren't they activated mm -hmm. when the water is actually heated up? Yes. Yeah, like, so showering yeah. is a problem. Drinking, of course, is also a problem, right. but showering is another um, method of exposure and so those are regulated under the safe drinking water act and they've been primarily non-compliant for those since 2000 since right. the slurry spill um but they have more recently in the last um the last four quarters they have switched around their chlorination system a little bit and have gotten into compliance primarily but we're, that's not the biggest concern as far as water quality goes because what's happening is where you have so many breaks in the lines all over the county, water, groundwater is infiltrating into the lines. And so stuff is coming out of taps just completely untreated. Right. And, you know, we don't know what it is. Sometimes it's brown. Sometimes it's black. Right. Sometimes, so it's, it's unclear right. what, 
what exactly that is. But I had first heard about this. It was working at App Voices at the time. It was like 2015, and somebody just sent me a video on Facebook. It's like, have you seen anything about this? It was someone in Martin County turning on their water faucet, and yeah, just straight up like black water was coming out of it, or brown water, or whatever. Right. And that's reality for most of the citizens here. It is, and then you have you know you have the sort of people in charge the county judge, the people, some of the, well, one person in particular on the water board saying, oh, it's completely overblown, our water's fine, look, the division of water has given us, you know, A-plus check for the last three quarters, so there's nothing to worry about, what are you people (laughs) complaining about? And so you've got that, too, you've got that that problem with um, just not being willing to listen to the concerns of the citizens. Right. So, you know, you know, even sort of pulling back a, a little bit further like how does this sort of compare it might be useful to sort of think about it in these terms because I think the the biggest sort of frame of reference people have for something like this is um, Flint Flint right right and so like how does this compare to that you know the structurally what what is um, what is different and what's similar about it well I think um, one thing that's different is Flint was more directly as I understand it, the problems were more directly caused by particular decision making that was made at a, at one time. So there's like one to five, you know, there's a handful of people who were involved in making these decisions um, about withdrawing from the Flint River and not using corrosivity treatment, not doing corrosivity treatments. If I'm if I understand the situation right. correctly, that right. you know, you can sort of pin it on. A couple of people and this is a more systemic problem right in a way and it so it and it has to do with you know i mean it is we were talking about with the slurry spill and and people losing their wells you know this is the problem of the actual cost of 100 years of coal production sort of being shifted off onto the people right. it's a problem that has to do with kind of local corruption and you know poor ch- choices that politicians have made over and over and over again for the past hundred years, you know, it's sort of a it's a slower build problem. I think is the main distinction. As, yeah. If I understand Flint correctly, and I don't right. claim to be an expert in Flint. yeah, well, I think I guess what I wanted to get at was basically what you said. It is a systemic issue, and really, it's it just provides a sort of very illustrative sort of example of what happens after an industry has totally like ravaged uh, an area for as much resources as it can it leaves behind you know no kind of infrastructure or nothing to actually serve the people i mean its only purpose is to maximize profit and get as much out of it as it can on this show we've covered black lung a lot and some other things and i think this is just another sort of like link in that chain we've also talked about prisons a lot and how that kind of relates to it I don't know. I, again, like your work just kind of provides a sort of snapshot into like what it looks like when um, an industry comes in and just totally ravages an area for everything, you know, as much capital as it can squeeze out of it and then just. Which kind of makes sense it. with the Flint and Detroit tie ins, too. Yeah. With the auto industry and the oh, steel that's true. industry and everything. I, right. So uh, it kind yeah. of mirrors it in that way. And even when I was in Detroit a couple of weeks ago, I think they had to shut down all the public schools because of lead in, in the, right. I think it's Wayne County water supply. Yeah, I heard about that. So I guess probably my, I have sort of a mi- misperception because it is a long running problem yeah. of 
an infrastructure problem that didn't just happen yeah. overnight. Yeah, but. there's probably some race dynamics and different things in there that you know where we're dealing with class dynamics more so down here. Uh, I think is probably a lot of times why these things get neglected. But yeah, uh, but yeah, very similar. Well, and and I think that you know as we sort of move into the 20th century, as the sort of like logic of what we would consult, con- consider like neoliberal capitalism sort of continues and reaches its sort of logical endpoint. I think we're going to see a lot more of this. I mean, we're already seeing a lot of it, obviously, everywhere. But I mean, I think you can pretty much set your clock by it that this is going to be something that becomes more and more sort of widespread. Right. <laughs> and, I mean, even just on the water issue, you were talking about Whitesburg. I mean, we we definitely have poor infrastructure here in Whitesburg. Well, what's interesting, you're talking about Martin County's loss rate, Whitesburg's loss rate, and it just kind of speaks to what you were talking about, Division of Water, giving the check marks out in the A++ ratings (laughs) and all this stuff. (laughs) Whitesburg's loss rate is about 50%. Really? And it's looked at as one of the more successful water systems (laughs) in eastern Kentucky. (laughs) The standard is is 15%. Just put that out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Statewide or nationally? Uh, Statewide. Statewide. That's incredible. Yeah, so Whitesburg, you've got about half the water that's that's being treated, making it Martin yeah. County about a quarter of the water. Yeah. Yeah, so, and then, you know, we're, you know, we still don't know what the long-term effects of, you know, showering and drinking benzene waste is going to be. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I get so angry about the whole, like, children's debate here, even locally. It's like, we actually probably won't know, but, like, my nephew could die from some weird, I mean, I don't want that to happen. Right, right, but, right. Like, could die from some weird cancer related to... We just don't know. Benzene in the water or something. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. And are you speaking of the two actual, the two like acute incidents of yeah. oil waste getting in the water, or is there also like a long term? Because he's got a lot of stuff on yeah. the banks of the river. Oh, right? well, it, what's interesting is this. And, and when we, remember when, later, one time we interviewed my Aunt Brenda? Michael Larry was kind of like an anti MTR oh, yeah. kind of activist guy, but I think he kind of got. Everybody loved him. It wasn't like people were antagonistic toward him, like even like business people and stuff. But like I think his like concerns just kind of got brushed off. But I remember he would take us out every summer. We'd do this river sweep thing with the Letcher County Action Group, which I guess kind of dissolved into the local KFTC chapter. Uh huh. And every time we would find these oil drums, builders <laughs> oil stamped right on it, like wow, buried in the riverbanks. <laughs> And he would bring that to people's attention. He was like, listen, over time, these are going to rust out. Right. Yeah. And these are probably not outliers. They're probably buried all along these riverbanks and stuff. Yep. And then what's going to happen is all that stuff that's in there is just going to leach out, which it's already probably leaching out a little bit, but like right. massive spills. Well, we, I, I don't know if you remember this, a few years ago, we were doing a stream cleanup or whatever, and just back here behind the First Baptist Church, uh, me and Regina Donner and a few other people found one of the nets that they had put in after the last oil spill. They never took it out of the river. They just left it in there. No. <laughs> it all soaked up that oil. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, we don't want to handle that. That's yucky. Well, right. But here, here is the, the crazy part, because I, I used to work at the water plant when I fir- my first job out of college. I spent nine months gutting it out in the water plant. But Sexton, pulling that lever, you know, just pushing I the learned buttons. a lot, though. I learned a lot. But what's interesting is the state's response to that, to their monitoring efforts, amounted to some limp dick like me taking a bucket on a string. I'm serious. This is what this is what we're <laughs> legally required to do. After that, throw it in the river once every hour, 
pull the water up and check it for sheen, like oil right. sheen, oh. right, right, right. and yeah. odor. Turbidity. So you weren't actually like sampling for anything. No, just no, looking, nothing just scientific. Look bad. Yeah, yeah. look it and smell it. Pollution. You have to be able to see it. Otherwise, right. it's not really bad. Doesn't yeah. exist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was, you know, that's right. Tells you a lot about our leadership. Oh yeah. Well, and it's like I laugh. And the only reason I laugh is because there's a macabre sort of absurdity to it, and um, and you know Martin <laughs> County is a, an example. I mean. Um, there are another example is what we were talking about earlier is the sort of retention ponds that just dot the landscape that you don't even see that could just bust at any time. I mean, it's just like the long-term planning involved here is it's, it's, if it was, you know, it's, it's like, it's because it's so incredibly inhumane. It's the only thing you can do about it is just kind of laugh, you know, like darkly about it. It's just like, yeah, I know what you mean. But it, and, and it sort of goes with what I mean, the thing with Martin County and, and people at the water district will say this sometimes. And I don't know exactly what what the strategy is behind saying this, but they're just like, yep, we're just going to close up. The whole thing's just about to dissolve. We're just right. going to close up. I'm like, what what does that mean? You have thirty five hundred customers right. in a county this is the only way they can get water. What what does yeah, the failure mean? Close in this shop. <laughs> <Right>? like, <laughs> Out of business. Sorry. That's sorry. Yeah, that's yeah. Else. yeah. Run government like a business. You say. Yeah. Exactly. Profits weren't just just weren't quite enough. Yeah. No. That's it's interesting. It's totally macabre, and um, and there's no, there's seemingly no sort of solutions that have been presented. That um. That, you know, I mean, like, like we were saying, I mean, what were you saying right before we started recording that y'all were, y'all were talking about, like, there's been proposals for people to, like, buy it out. But, like, who would buy it out? Like, well, who would buy out the water district? It's one of the things I'm really interested in this question. That's one of the things that the Kentucky Public Service Commission has recommended that they would. Well, one of the things they've said is they would force a merger with, like, I guess, neighboring water districts. It uh-huh. would have to be. But yeah. So even that, like, why why would a water district agree to take this on? What right. there's just there, it costs more to run that district than they can charge their customers, and there's no other place that they get money to operate it. So, and on top of that, you've got who knows how many millions of dollars in capital improvements that aren't just like oh we need to maintain. It's like no, we need to replace lines because we're losing 70 nearly 75 and you're just going to pass that on to another failing county yeah, yeah you know right, I mean? right. it's probably not much better shape than martin county really and you're gonna and truly. make them do it or <laughs> like I don't, well so I, and just the notion that you could like have an infrastructure bill that that revolves on the idea of privatizing infrastructure like no that's right. insane no company's gonna buy this that's because there's no there's no money to be made in it there's absolutely it no money like, to be made in it yeah it kind of seems like the whole idea of private you know, p- marshalling all of society's productive resources towards the pursuit of profit uh, was not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> we made some mistakes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's it's funny because at Wattsburg uh, got into a similar situation God, back when I was a kid with a, a French company called Viola. Which, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and For I water? S- yeah, yeah and water. I see their name all over the place. Yeah, they 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 are um, they have done what they did here in Whitesburg. They've done it like in all. I mean, maybe like Pittsburgh. I'm just throwing out a name. I know I've seen their name yeah. in relation to other municipalities. Yeah, they're all well. over the place here. And what they basically did was saw 
uh, Whitesburg's water system not in the best shape, and they came in and were, and were making all these promises about what they could provide. And before the city knew it, they were in debt to this company. It's yeah. kind of kind of like the predatory lenders of like water service almost. Yeah, yeah. In Kentucky American, you see a lot of these different companies that will sometimes swoop in, you know. But again, like what Mary says, it's like sometimes the situation is so bad it doesn't even make any sense at all. Right. There has to be enough raw material there to work with for them to turn a profit. Right. You know. And so, what do you do in those cases where things look too far gone? There's no you know outside right. investment yeah you know. yeah don't know yeah well um on a similar so on a sort of similar note i want to pivot now to talk about something else um this one is a little more i don't i, I hesitate to use the word comical it's a little more sort of macabre and ridiculous um but uh what i'm talking about is estel county estel county is a county about um an hour and a half west of here, or about two hours west of here, mm-hmm. um, in, cin- in central Kentucky. It's like right in the foothills of where, you know, the sort of mountains start. It's um, where the bluegrass kisses the mountains. Yeah, that's, that's their, their tag. <laughs> I love that. It's so beautiful. And it is a beautiful county. Yeah. I mean, um, the one time that I went with you, it was amazing. Um, What's the city in Estill County? Irvine. 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 Okay, right. so it's like Harry Dean Stanton country. Yeah, he was actually born from. there, right? Yeah. Yes. I think we found that out. And one of the Backstreet Boys? Do we, <laughs> I think, do I think a couple of the Backstreet Boys are from there, actually. <laughs> I mean, just, a couple of them? <laughs> they're just cranking they're out Backstreet Boys exactly. and Irvine. How many are they up to by now? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, they have a Backstreet Boys foundry there. That's where <laughs> they right, the biggest producer of boy band right. talent per capita in the world. <laughs> yeah, you go in, you pour the mold into the... Uh, mm-hmm. Whatever, but it wasn't enough to keep the waste out. <laughs> yeah, you you pour what you did was you poured hair bleach into a big mold, <laughs> a human mold, and that's what. Uh, and you got yeah. Backstreet Boys. You got a Backstreet Boys. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I went to high school with one of the Backstreet Boys' cousin, Megan Literal, and her big claim to fame is that she got an invitation to his wet like the. I guess Brian was his name, one of the Backstreet Boys. Oh yeah, Brian. As she came to school waving this big fancy. <laughs> Invitation round to this wedding and all this stuff. Be, oh, I would so. do that. I would, yeah, that's, for sure. That's a good claim to fame. There, yeah. was, there was a guy from nine. Isn't Nick Lachey from East Kentucky? Harlan, yeah. Damn. 98 Who? degrees. Oh, yeah. okay. Married to Jessica <laughs> right. Simpson. They had that show. In the, it was a little after your. You, yeah, you know, I was not really. Right, it was right when I was, Out you know, hitting awareness. puberty. So I yeah. was like. Really intense. I was like old, like probably <laughs> twenty something by then. <laughs> probably nineteen by that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah so, uh, Estill County. The reason I wanted to talk about Estill County is because over the past few months, um, really since we since we started digging into the, pro- the situation in Estill County, every time I try to recount it to somebody who has never heard of it, has no frame of reference for anything for it, like what I wi- what I wind up recounting. Sounds like the plot of a Coen Brothers film. <laughs> it is so absolutely absurd. And I mean, it is just like every character involved is a total dumbass. You know what I mean? Like, well, pretty much. And I don't want to say every character, but pretty much every character involved <laughs> is a just that sort of, you know, cartoonishly car- dumb. Cartoonishly dumb. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and so the situation in Nestle County, at, you know, just summed up in a few sentences can you give that to us well see my my perception is very different because i forget <laughs> all of the crazy that right, you're yeah, probably you're, focused on you're in I've the been, midst of it i'm 
yeah. I well, and so that yeah. so some bad stuff was brought into the local landfill, mm-hmm. and bad stuff being radioactive waste from hydraulic fracking operations in West Virginia, Ohio, mm-hmm. and Pennsylvania was brought into the local landfill, and the cabinet, the Energy and Environment Cabinet in Kentucky, um, did an enforcement action, and they told as part of the enforcement the landfill had to pay not a lot like a hundred thousand dollars to put it into a fund um for local school uh radioactive health stuff um and then they had to do a corrective action plan and so the landfill hired a company to design a corrective action plan that decided that determined that the most protective thing to do would be to leave the material in place Uh um, and put a better cap on it when they're done which is going to be in about 20 to 30 years and then monitor the groundwater for 30 more years right and so that's what and that's the part i focus on so we're challenging that corrective action plan uh-huh. at this point but there is a lot more to the story than that that presentation <laughs> right. i just gave just more cartoonishly dumb <laughs> whatever i think about esther county i just think of like like some sort of simpsons montage where like holy oh my gosh. shit oh fire <laughs> fire fire <laughs> <laughs> Stop drop and roll. Oh, I should have thought that was going to happen. Yeah. I was watching I it out of the was... corner of my eye. I was like, oh, it's really flaming over there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Anyways. Glass candle holder just yeah. shattered on the table with lit candle in it. Oh. Oh, there's okay. still flames. Well, embers on your table. A very cheap table that Tom and I got from uh, Craigslist <laughs> a long time ago. Sorry, guys. A little bit of drama for you. Well, <coughs> leading up to Corey Hoskins. Yeah, I yeah. Assume okay. is where we're going. Yeah. So where we're going with this is, um, well, the first. Okay. So the first thing I guess I want to say about it is like you were talking about how they have to monitor it for the next twenty or thirty years. We're talking about radioactive waste. Thirty years after the yeah, thirty years after the landfill closes, closes stops accepting waste, stops be- being an active landfill. They have okay. to do thirty years more monitoring for oh. radionuclides. So we're talking decades in the future. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, and um, and when I was talking to you the other day, I mean, you said something to me that was like stuck with me. It was really crazy. It's like we're talking about radioactive waste that has like a half life of sixteen hundred years. <laughs> 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 no big deal, yeah. right? Right. And so it's like you you were like, I think you said to me, you were like, there's something just really surreal and bizarre about litigating of something that is relevant. In 2,000 years from now. It's true. It, it's true. And the risk analysis has, you know, these curves that show, like, the highest point of exposure being, like, 2,300 years from now. It right. is. It's very surreal. I don't know what you do with that well, as a legal issue. Right. I mean, right. Our system's not even prepared to I, tackle that. You know, seven generations is crazy. But. Well, I know, right. I know what they would do with it, if y'all want to hear. Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, Peter Morgan, who Mary works pretty closely with, a colleague of mine, told us one time about the radioactive cats. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> I do remember like this Like in a doomsday scenario, do the federal this. government has these radioactive cats that are like, I guess... No way. Gonna be, yeah, this is a real thing, we too. We, I, thought, we thought like, okay, that's I, a little... Yeah, Peter's a pretty straight-up dude. So. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I guess the... We'd have to get Peter on here to talk about the radioactive cats. <laughs> If he would, but uh, it's got something to do with like teaching the future about Earth as it once stood here. 
<laughs> yeah. But anyway, these cats are they're breeding these radioactive cats, so you need some stuff to make them radioactive with, and so the, yeah, just take them to Eslo County. Well, in the same way, people are taking elk and <laughs> mountaintop <laughs> removal sites. We've you already work with got what you've got. Yeah, all this exactly. Stuff. We've got tons of cats. <laughs> Let's just kind of dip them in there and them in. put them in a time capsule and, <laughs> you know, they live forever anyway. Right. So. Right. And they procreate yeah. all the time. Yeah. So. Um, so we're dealing with radioactive waste. Um, <coughs> and there's a few weeks in November of 2016, I think, or is October. It was right around the time of the election. I remember me and you spent a lot of time going over these documents that we got from the state about when they found out that this waste came to Estill County, the process for how it was brought over, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And, right. Um, and so the story that sort of emerged over time was that someone brought this particular waste into West Virginia. Um, the guy that brought it over into West Virginia, I guess, was a guy named Corey Hoskins. Um, he brought it to Kentucky. Oh, From yeah, you're West right. Virginia, From right. West Virginia, right. Someone yeah. paid him to bring it over to Kentucky because... This this waste originated from fracking operations, like you said, in Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Ohio. Those states have pretty strict restrictions on the fracking waste that they'll I accept. I just think it's so funny. When I read that damn story about that, just like, again, like the Simpsons thing, I just imagine this guy driving this truck and this green shit just sloshing all over the road. <laughs> they the use way. coal trucks for some of it. They oh, really? use uncovered coal trucks. <laughs> they use uncovered coal trucks to truck it into Kentucky. It's blowing around well, all you ever get, like, road. coal pieces that, like, fly off and, like, hit your windshield <laughs> and it, like, pisses you off? Imagine just, like, getting coated in, like, just cancer <laughs> juice. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> no, it's, it's literally what happened. Yeah, do um, thing, Cor. So Kentucky's restrictions on this stuff was a lot more lax. Well, in particular, it's a <clears throat> felony to bring radioactive waste into Kentucky from any other state than Illinois, which is a sort of <laughs> weird little footnote. So if you're, you're a uh, plutonium trafficker in Illinois, you're good. You won't get charged then. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, but no, not from West Virginia. Right. And so, so yeah, they tried to bring it to West Virginia. Couldn't accept it because of the laws. This guy paid, paid this um, guy... Corey Hoskins to truck it over to Kentucky. Can I can I correct you? Just oh a yeah, little. go for it. So please. they were there was there was a facility in West Virginia that existed to basically process this waste. Uh-huh, right. And so they would and to try because I guess when it comes out of the well, there, it's mostly water. It has a lot of water. So they went through. They did a processing operation that allowed the water to get clean enough to be reused in more fracking. Right. Um, and I say water. I mean, it's water with a lot of junk, but not Brine the the water. thick, the thick sludgy radio. So it concentrated the radioactivity. Right. And so there's this company in West Virginia that that's all they did was sort of concentrate this stuff, uh-huh. and they didn't. They had to have a place to put this sludge. And the right. only other company that they got waste management, which is a big company, right, to give they, them a quote, and they were like, "Yeah, it's gonna." I forget the amount, but it was quite a bit per yeah. ton, and they were gonna have to ship it to Utah because it needs that. to be in a low-level radioactive waste facility. Right, right, right. They waste management was gonna charge them. A, I mean, like, let's just throw out a number. Let's just say like a hundred thousand dollars to basically truck it to. I guess I don't remember the exact number, but then they want. But then basically. This dude. They just found a guy. This dude comes out. I'll do it for half that. I'll do it for half that. I'll do it for half. I'll take it over to Kentucky for half that and put it into a landfill that is right on the banks of the Kentucky River. 
pretty much. I mean, it's very, very right, close. Right, it's close, right. <clears throat> Which is... And right across from the high school and middle school. Oh, directly across from the high school and Wait, middle so school. Wait, so hold on a second. Question. So this was waste <laughs> management, like the company, WM, that... Yeah. Contracted yeah. this guy. Well, they said no. No, they, no, oh, they so, said we'll take it to Utah for you for oh, okay, this much okay. money. So they, and they were like, mm. they were like doing it. I mean, however legit, legit you can be in yeah. this, right. yeah. Right. And so they were just like, yeah, we'll just go with the guy around the way. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> he's got a good looking truck. I yeah, mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's right. Like he knows what he's doing. So the guy around the way can, can confirm just before we go any further down this rabbit hole is a guy that just he got a huge hole in his ceiling from a uh, air conditioner mishap best not to go with the guy around the way as a general rule just go with the pros right it cost you less in the long run yes look for a well-painted sign oh, right. Right. that's right. right don't look for what this guy's actual offices were which were I forgot about that. which was an office in the library of uh, oh God. Morgan County or wherever um, I think it was Morgan County Morgan wh- County Public Library wherever Moorhead is wherever, oh Rowan County Rowan County I thought it was in Moorhead yeah no I thought it was near you know well, I don't side know by side, yeah. is, okay yeah. then I regardless think it was the Morgan County Public Library <laughs> regardless me and Mary have all these pics of um, them finding this guy's office. And it's just like, uh, it's basically like this. It's just like he's got beakers laying around on top of It's just a room in the library <laughs> with some beakers. Wow. That and he had wild. a website that had these, you know, like aerial photos with some kind of round yes. retaining pond here <laughs> and some catchment basement basins and a bunch of trucks. It looks so legit on the so website. That, that's his website. Basically, he had a truck, some beakers, and a closet in the public library. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. And they called. They called, and it was the public library that answered the phone. Like, he would, the number on his website was <laughs> the public library. <laughs> Holy shit. And they trusted this guy with almost 2,000 tons of radioactive material. <laughs> amazing. The, 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 Truly this, amazing. I mean, this it just goes to show you that, like, I'm guessing, because oh, this is something we never did find out. You may know now. We never did find out what exactly, what exact fracking operations it's originated from. Right? Like, I never... I don't remember seeing. I probably any. know more about that now, but I don't. Yeah, right. Well, let's just say, for example, that maybe maybe it was like Halliburton or like Schlumberger or something like this massive corporation, like and and um, you know, and even like with uh, like BP, they do this too. They'll just contract people out lower and lower on the sort of rung of mm-hmm. dealing with the waste stuff, so that by the time it actually gets down to like disposing, plausible it, deniability. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. It, well, and that has worked because the there's been, there was another enforcement act, action by the cabinet for health cabinet for health and family services, which is the depart the agency in Kentucky that controls radioactive waste, and usually it's like hospital waste and stuff like that. That's uh-huh. most of what they deal with. But they did an enforcement action, but it doesn't go up to the producers. It goes to like this company that was processing right. the waste. Um, and then I think some of the company, maybe actually for the filter socks that actually came off of the wellheads, that was some of the waste. I think maybe that gets to the producers. Right, but the vast um, majority but, of it is... Yeah, but most of the waste, yeah, the, the liability goes to goes, that company that was processing the waste, right. not to where the fracking Not Slumberjay or from. whatever yeah. massive corporation actually yeah. owns the <laughs> production sites. Right, and... and um, 
I think that company is still alive, but it, you know, it was under, it didn't do well after this. It was nearing, teetering a couple of times as far as being able to pay their fines to Kentucky. And then Corey Hoskins' company went bankrupt, of course. Right. And he personally went bankrupt. Right. He, he's the guy that brought the stuff over. Yeah. Homer Simpson. No criminal charges. Homer Simpson. Man. No criminal charges or anything. I mean, again, um, so it's just like, you know, after you lay all this out, it's just like, again, I found myself tra- telling people this story over the over the years. And just every time I tell it, I'm like, that is, I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's a, just a complete breakdown. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that can't happen. Right. No. And you have to assume that, like, that probably goes on. On a pretty regular scale, we just don't know about it for the most part, you know, or we just don't hear about it or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I, I guess, like, for example, me and Tom were talking the other day about how a few months ago back in the spring, there was this um, massive truck that um, was carrying 20 tons of raw chicken. And it oh, yeah. Oh, on Pine Mountain. On Pine oh, Mountain. yeah. Mm. <laughs> Just the waste that gets mm. lost in the cracks of the system. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That you don't even hear about. Just the normal mm-hmm. everyday shit. Mm-hmm. The stuff that isn't a BP, uh, you know, ground her- water horizon explosion or whatever. Just, right. This right. is incredible. Absolutely incredible. There was something else, and I, I sort of hesitate to say this because I don't have my facts immediately at hand, but there was something else in the record to indicate when, I think it was when the Attorney General was talking to different people. This was like, it started in July, and like April he went to a conference and was like asking people like, so how do you how do you manage this waste? What do you do? Like, you know, learning the biz. <laughs> it sounded like he got, took, spent like three good months learning the biz. Right, before, right, right. You know? Well, it's, it is an interesting deal, like that it is, that waste disposal is actually a business just like anything else that you make profit in. Well, it used to not, but it used to just be a front if you were in the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> that was, you know. <laughs> well, I, you could argue that I'm it's in sanitation. Still... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the weird thing about 2018 now is that, like, organized crime or anything just doesn't... Just went legit. Yeah, yeah, just went legit. <laughs> and then there are just, like, a few people like this, just the yeah, sort of right. crazy fringe element. But no, we're... we're we're up front business here. Exactly. <laughs> We're on the up and up. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, anyways, um, I don't. You know, I don't have a whole lot else to say about about um, either of those. I can Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I for Estill County, I, um, I don't know. We our our as far as like how do you deal with the just sort of complexity and but then also just surrealness of trying to think about something that the greatest harm is like 2500 years in the future it's like right. that that just that's sort of hard to get past but but our argument our position is that a they don't know how hot this stuff was that's the other thing right. it was like by the time anybody started paying attention it was below like nine to 15 feet of municipal garbage right and so no and and guess what the records on what they brought in aren't that great (laughs) they're just a bunch of invoices right i mean i remember us looking at the invoices yeah yeah. manifests yeah it's just um so you know so precautionary principle says get it out of there like take it to a facility that's designed to handle this right um so but but they're worried that 
disturbing it, removing it, might cause, right. actually cause more damage. <laughs> but they, you know, they've handled, there are people who know how to do right. that. Right. Well, there they've made a wise gamble here with the whole pushing it 1,600 years in the future because <laughs> we'll probably be dead, I mean, as a planet. As a well species. Before that. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. As a species, we'll be long gone. Yeah. Well, if the Trump administration, by their own conservative estimate, thinks that it's what the Earth's going to get seven degrees hotter by 2100. 2100, right. Did you see that? I saw that. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which will probably have been in that's, the ground like 30 bad. years by that point. But still, <laughs> that's, that's not that that's far not, removed from where we're at. Right. <laughs> that's, that's bad. <laughs> well, and so the other thing, just while I'm talking, the other thing that is frustrating as hell about this is that the Kentucky Energy and Environment Cabinet has refused to let the citizens have any of the records of their communication with the landfill. They right. at one point even claimed attorney-client privilege, and we're like, that's not your client. <laughs> right. It's a landfill. <laughs> what are that you talking so about? So anyway, right. And so you've tried, we have tried multiple times to get those Get those communications. That's a classic, like, conservative game, but though. It's kind of like the Kavanaugh on trial thing. Right. You know, like from the past couple of weeks where they just reframe the terms of everything just to kind of suit their shit. That is yeah. very true. Yeah. 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 Well, um, that's, you know, uh, we're working hard to figure out uh, a way to address it. But I guess, um, you know, before we sort of move on to anything else or talk about anything else, is there any way to, like, support your work, Mary? <laughs> I'm asking, I'm setting sure. up a question. <laughs> That I could easily answer. <laughs> well, ACLC is a 501c3 nonprofit, and we do great work. So, yeah, if people want to donate to ACLC, that would be wonderful. Um, also, I um, we are, for the Martin County work, um, we are working with Food and Water Watch, and there's an action alert that's going to be going out probably in the next couple of weeks that'll be Kentucky-focused as far as, like, who it's going to, and it will be about Martin County. So folks should sign up for Food and Water Watch, too. Cool, okay. So, um, yeah, so the ACLC's website is AppalachianLawCenter.org. We should put something up on the website about that Food and Water Watch thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you are interested in supporting the work, search for that. And this episode was uh, fairly... uh you know, by our standard anyway, um, PG, so we could probably put it up on the, just suggest yeah. some shit y'all could do. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. We did, We only said a few. I don't F- think words. there's any fireable offenses, <laughs> is what I'm getting at. <laughs> the Tom Sexton yeah. standard has been met. If you're clips, listen, don't go to the back catalog, but <laughs> stay full. That's true, <laughs> that is true. Well, anyways, uh, that's all I got. Um, I what when when we first started, I wanted to introduce you as the uh, our local lawyer, because um, a really funny story, and I don't know if you remember this, Tom, or if you even heard about it, but a few years ago when John Grisham was writing that book, Grey Mountain, um, he came to Whitesburg. That's right. To uh, you know, study the work that we were doing and everything, and the Mountain Eagle here caught wind of it, and so they contacted Mary. They were like, you know, what can you tell us about it? What are you telling about his visiting? And Mary was like. You know, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. I mean, like, I want to, you know, values privacy or uphold his privacy or whatever. Right. And so the story <laughs> that they wound up running was just the headline said, "Local lawyer mum on author's <laughs> visit here." <laughs> <laughs> the story was that there was no story. No story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's so good. <laughs> just really dying for some content on that day. <laughs> right. Oh God. I feel so bad, funny. but you know, right. I mean. <laughs> 
She's what? Sally? Is that her name? Sally. Sally. Right. Yeah, she's yeah. nice. She's nice. But, she is very you know, nice. I didn't want to. It was funny dish. though. Hey, I know the content. I know the game of scavenging for content. I know That's what, what we do. I know what it looks like. Here I am. Oh, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> to bribe our friends into our, uh, our hearing. Content oh, wait, am I getting paid? <laughs> yeah, we'll pay you. I'm just kidding. We pay all of our no, guests. No, we do. We do pay all of our yeah. guests um, as, as a matter of principle. <laughs> Unless they don't want to be paid. Um, but anyways. Um, so, uh, speaking of getting paid, um, so we can continue to pay our guests, go to our Patreon, please. Um, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash um, Trillbilly Workers Party. There, uh, five dollars a month will get you all access, all access you want, <laughs> all access to um, every episode we put up there. We put up a, one episode a week there every Sunday. We just put up an episode on Sunday about the Kavanaugh situation, uh, which is why we're not talking about it right now. Although we probably could, t- but I just made that episode public. Actually, I just made that episode free for everybody. So. Mostly because Patreon is a piece of shit, and I'm scared that, like, they, they're so bad. They really are. They just they, moved their whole operation uh, <laughs> overseas to avoid taxes. Oh, they're and, so bad. Like, oh, really? If they, were a, if they were a normal company or whatever, they, we would have, like, a case manager for our, you know what I mean, for our specific yeah. podcast. And but, like, they, I'm just scared that they're... <laughs> they were a normal good company. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're totally cr- <laughs> craven and awful. But I'm, I'm scared people weren't going to be able to hear that episode, so I put it up for free on our iTunes or whatever. Um, so we've, we've pretty much said everything we can about Kavanaugh. Um, so if you would like to... <laughs> yeah, I want to hear that. Who were you talking with? Um, just me and Tom. <laughs> just me and Tom ranting at each other. Just, uh, it was a lot of this. Right, no lot female of, voices two needed. Two talk about women's <laughs> right, issues. Exactly. Right, right, yes. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Can't wait to listen. Right. Well, actually, we didn't really talk about him so much as the sort of systemic structural issues around him. Hmm. But I mean, like... This, the, well, we could get into it a little bit here. I, guess I mean, we yeah. have we have a we have a lawyer of jurisprudence. We here. have a local okay. lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Well. Okay. <laughs> I don't know that I know any of the legal questions. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Just to me, you know, we're recording this on Tuesday, and, and the, what started to come out, obviously, w- which is what we all knew when we were watching the hearing, was that he was lying about everything he said. Right. Which is phenomenal. I mean, like, I guess, again, this is the thing that was so sort of mind-bending about it, was that the guy was just obviously lying under oath. He was just such a petulant little shit. It was just like, you're about to say no to me. Oh, my God, what do I need to say so you don't say no to me? (laughs) I'm like, come on. He was like a two-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. No, not, was, my, not my two, not three year old. No, who he just do that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't cool put up with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. No, it was it was incredible, but yeah. But do you think that like this whole what they've been talking about again over the past few days, the fact that he lied? So obviously, I mean. One of the big things that they were talking there's about. There's subjective truth and there's objective truth. And he lied about subjective matters, maybe. And that doesn't count. <laughs> is that That's what they're saying? Yeah. Is that the new line? Yeah. Oh, it's oh, like, oh. you know. That is a straight up Bush era talking point. That is that is um, that is like the known unknowns thing that Donald Rumsfeld oh, said. Oh, right. That, right. That, that is wordplay right. to the. Right. People think like the Supreme. alternative facts and fake news stuff started with Trump. It. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. No. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, but I don't know. Do you think that that will have some kind of impact on on this? The fact that he, 
okay, so me for me, and I think for a lot of people, the most glaring lie that he told was the fact that he obviously knew for a long time that these allegations were going to be brought up uh, with regards to Ramirez, this other woman. But he said in the hearing that he didn't know about them until he read about them in The New Yorker. Well, that seems, you know, a provable objective fact. So right. maybe. <clears throat> right. But like. I never drink too much or whatever. That's subjective, you know. Like, that's not yeah, true. What is what's too much? That but was, yeah, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, right. I guess that there might be I don't know. I don't know where Flake and Murkowski and what right. you know, that's the who knows. That was one of the what weirdest their line is. That was one of the weirdest li- lies though, that he had never drank to blackout. It's just like it's not that hard. It's like, dude, I drank to black everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, not everybody. That's his, that, was, that was his defense, right? Well, have you? That's what it, yeah, right? he immediately got defensive. And she handled that well. I would have just been so pissed. <laughs> oh, God. Like, I, you do not out. ask the questions here, but, you know. Right, right, you know. right. Well, um, anyways, we covered a lot of that, um, like mm-hmm. I said, in the last episode. So go check that out. Go check out our Patreon. I will check it out. Um, and if you... Do you have any? Do we I, have any? Patreon? I got, sh- I got sh- a couple of shout outs. We need to shout out. We got some shout outs. Me and Tom got this new segment. Uh, shout out to <laughs> Tom Cannell. Yeah, Mary's rock. Yeah, Mary's throwing to, throwing you the, the rock, rock on sign, <laughs> Tom. Uh, shout out to Bill Amon. Thanks, Bill. Thank you, William. Shout out to Michael Park. Shout out to Mike. Steve Price. Big Mike. Money Mike. <laughs> uh, Matt Shepard. And... That's the Tom, that's the Tom noise. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. I'm ba- stalling scroll through my emails yeah. here. Chris Vranick. Thank you, and Christopher. And... Or Chris. And yeah, and that brings us back to uh, video game idiot. <laughs> All right, <laughs> where we kicked off last, last shout out. Yeah. All right, so thanks everybody. Check out our Patreon, p a t r u n dot com slash triple workers party. We'll see you all. Uh, see you out there in a few days. Thanks.